0: Hi, this is Sky Brooks with Jenny and Cass. They'll be joining me in this 21st episode. We'll be reviewing how evolutionary flaws disprove the theory of intelligent design and another sleight of hand by a local high school and a few other common sense notes. Hope to see you in just a few. Thanks. Yay! Hi, this is Sky Brooks. There's been quite a number of things going on. And there's been a lot of distractions. But we're not going to let that stop us. We're going to go move ahead, taking a look at an article from a noted biological scientist. Thinking maybe that our eyes aren't in the right place. That maybe they should be where your ears are. But our argument has always been, and that has developed, that you are property of ID. Of intelligent design. And a local high school with sleight of hand that does explain some truths but they blend it with the ideas of darwinism that makes it quite convincing yes they'll tell you nine truths but the tenth one will be the lie the most confusing and the most convincing this whole process has been quite a learning experience for me and quite the journey and it will continue as i have read and studied this information have learned what we're up against and what we're all up against and the result and consequences of neo-darwinistic concepts and ideas not saying that Darwin didn't put forth a fantastic book and a theory, and that's just what it is, a theory, but it, establish, it establishes itself in our society as truth, undeniable, and un- argumentative. As Richard Dawkins said, that anyone that disagrees with this is either stupid or insane or just wicked. Well, I could say the same, that you cannot harmonize the theories and postulates of Darwinism that life evolves over long periods of time. Evolution is an undirected process of natural selection. If anyone so supposes, has an intellect of an ant and the understanding of a clod of miry clay in a premortal swamp. But as he said, of course, I would never say anything like that. Now, as I'm sure as we all have, if we think about it, we can remember the attitudes of the 60s. And of course, as you know, many people out of that era, if you go up and ask them, hey, did you go to Woodstock? They'll say, Yeah, I was there and there'll be those that will say, what the heck is Woodstock? And it was also the time of love, peace and understanding. But as you remember, many parts were and some were not. What you're seeing today is a lack of all those positive attributes that make people great, thereby make societies great. And just what are those attitudes and where do they come from? Or are they just evolutionary? It's freedom of thought and the an exchange of ideas where we can learn, even if we disagree, not by an agenda while silencing those that don't accept what the mob wants. History time and time again has proven what that does. How soon we forget, How soon we do forget.
1: Yes, Sky, It certainly has been in so many ways. I know you put in a lot of hours in what you do. I bet your sleeping habits have suffered, and yes, it has been very difficult to get this cast out. So many distractions if you let it be so, but as you know according to Darwin we should be evolving upwards and outwards, but what I've seen there's been more of a, d, evolution, to homo neanderthalensis, or you could even go to the subspecies, of homo sapiens, but they supposedly. Should have gone extinct 40,000 years ago, due to competition with, or extermination by immigrating modern humans, or maybe it was, Corona 2. After all, how can Darwin's game account for such a display? So, as you have said in the trailer, take away the guga, what does common sense tell us? Does self destruction of advanced society ever prove to be a good thing? Where in history is this so?
2: Hello Sky. Hi Jenny, I'm ready as ever. And I would have to agree with you Jenny, but then there are some listeners out there, that might not get what you just said, not being familiar with the name, Homo Neanderthalensis, but maybe some Darwinist would, since they created that game, I would just say, you just can't fix, stupid. Anyway, moving on to better things, with just a little research as you have mentioned before, In one of the episodes, about the Utah Board of Education, and what they were teaching their hybrids about evolution, I came across this, in a Georgian high school, with a nice athletic logo, their online biology books, about human evolution. You were right, there is sleight of hand throughout the text. It tries to explain different periods of time, nothing about the Cambrian explosion, it's just left out, of course. And plate tectonics, that is true, however that is still going on, and the earth isn't what it used to be, it's changed over many times, massive flooding, volcanoes, etc. By the way, I did talk with your friend in Hawaii a bit, and, she mentioned that, she does just live a short distance from that volcano, and it does have this type, of a red spooky glow about it at night from her pool, pretty cool. As I was saying, the shifting of the earth crust is happening all the time, not just 15 million years ago. Here is one section that is just, flipping over the top, a representation of skulls created from bone fragments, really, there is no DNA at all, just few fragments found to create a caricature, or imitation of a skull in which certain striking characteristics are exaggerated, in order to create a comic for believability. And they're even dated. You can bet it's just with the rock, or sediment, that they were buried in.
1: Cass pointed me to that same high school biology book in Atlanta. They also claim that Africa is the cradle of human beings. Really, I read somewhere else the Middle East was the cradle. They are calling it the out-of-Africa hypothesis, that human populations today are thus, or descended from a single speciation event in Africa and ape-like features, short legs and relatively long arms, and the arm bones were curved like chimps, and should display a high degree of genetic similarity, what assumptions they do make and fill the heads of our youth with such nonsense. All that from skull fragments. Outstanding don't you think? Art of Africa reminds me of a movie I once saw. Having said all that, if that is the case, why can't humans? If there is so much high degree of genetic similarity, bear monkey babies. I don't see anywhere if evolution is what it's cracked up to be, where that is the case.
2: In the same book, we can find a lengthy and outdated explanation of protein synthesis. And I quote, scientists for some time had suspected such a link between DNA and proteins, end of quote really, along with that, again continue to redefine mutations, as any change in the DNA, and they believe mutations are capable of achieving remarkable things. A mutation is a change in the DNA base therefore the DNA sequence, of all organisms use the same genetic code, calling it, a frame shift mutation, therefore leading to the powerful evidence, for the common ancestry of all living things, it's so, flippin outdated. The evidence for neo Darwinism truly has turned out to be so thin. I mean, onion skin thin. We've mentioned this before in the book The Design of Life. Mutations cannot produce a new species, let alone change a fish into a bird, or a dinosaur, or sprout legs and become some kind of lizard. You can really see the confusion in all of this. However, if people stop and look, get rid of the goop, they will say, I really don't know or will say, you know, I really don't believe it. They are being led around by the atheistic, academician, legislators, and as we mentioned before the Sweep 16.
0: Thanks, Janie and Cass. I mentioned earlier about this article, and it really caught my eye, so to speak. So I just had to go through it and take a look at it. It's called Evolutionary Flaws Disprove the Theory of Intelligent Design. I thought, wow, what's that about? What's that about? It's written by Professor Glenn Peter Satter at the University of Oslo, one of Norway's most prominent professors, per se. And he tags onto this idea that, quote, the many flaws of evolution makes it possible to believe in the theory of intelligent design. And I'm thinking, what a contradictory statement. He was probably going to go through and make a 90-degree turn away from Darwinism, but not such the case. What is referring to is the weakness and the lack of stuff that we as people have. That we are not able, for example, to synthesize vitamins properly, or eat and swallow properly, or even give birth properly, or even see right. And it will be smarter if we were able to have a separate channels where one could breathe through and eat and swallow. Comparing us to having a, comparing us to a whale with a blowhole in the top of his head. <laughs> quite the deal. Would you like that? Or wisdom teeth that actually serve no purpose? I'm betting he had his pulled quite young. Not much wisdom here. He does give credit, of course, to Darwin's Origin of Species that was published in 1859, one of the greatest advances in all science history, that life on earth has risen through a process of change from pre-existing forms. The process is called evolution. That's his definition. And proceed to go through the same rhetoric that many Darwinists are their claim to fame. Yes, as you can see, he does tag a lot. And here's a problem with you, is that your head is too big, or your brain is too big. It simply can't pass through the pelvis if it's too big. That doesn't make sense. If evolution was doing its thing, your head would be smaller and you'd have a pee break, and then it wouldn't be a problem. Now, obviously the idea of intelligent design has affected his brain because he refers to a creative designer or engineer that would have found another solution And I'm thinking, you can't have it both ways. And when he does, admit that the eyes that, yes, evolution may never come up with a solution. I thought evolution was an ongoing thing. Here's where he makes the sleight of hand that those that believe in I.D. claim. That the Darwinistic phenomena cannot be explained. Therefore, he says, they are citing or introducing a designer. No, no, no. That's not what intelligent design is referring to at all. It's obvious he has not read the data, examined it, or even refutes it on a scientific basis. He's quite opinionated and comes in with many preconceived ideas and notions. You know, I do think it does get quite dark in Norway. And the nights are quite long. He continues and argues and compares human eyes to that of other animals. He continues and argues and compares the human eyes to that of other existing animals. For example, eagles that have supersight or even comparing us to octopus, and how their eye is constructed so much better than the human eye. That may be true, but have you seen an octopus or a squid? I'm sure they may not have blind spots because of the location of their eyes or its size. Truly, I like my eyes just where they are. I can see at night. The eagle can't, and I'm sure as far as an octopus or squid, they have quite some deficiencies as well that you would not want. Just imagine what you would look like with squid eyes or octopus's eyes. How much time do you spend underwater? And this is the part, or the statement, that I just really enjoy. He refers to YouTube as full of evidence that the brain is guessing what you would have seen if you had the eye of a cephalopod. I guess if you lived in Norway, YouTube would be the greatest source of scientific evidence having not done any of your own and relying upon what you might see on YouTube.
2: My heck, Skype. in that article. By the way, I love Norway. This professor seems pretty excited about. In 1976, the British evolutionary biologist and author Richard Dawkins that published the book the selfish gene and how his argument is very useful because it makes it easier to understand complex selection of scenarios where there may be conflict between different levels yes i'm sure it would make it easier taking old information from the 70s that have been disproved quite easily there is nothing in the cell that it can just be as some say junk dna that has no use he needs to read demsky's Book the design revolution, that would get his mind right. What we've got here is failure to communicate. No offense taken here, no offense given. Here is a quote that is so flippant incorrect, saying that supporters of intelligent design believe that nature is so finely tuned that evolution may not have progressed by chance, but instead is the result of forward-looking engineering he's got that one right. Well as we know evolution, or mutations, can't do any forward looking at all. And he does recognize what finely tuning is, maybe, most cosmologists agree on that, fine-tuned concept about the universe, what would make the inner working of the cell any different. As I have said before, you can't have form, or a body plan without information, specified information. Stephen Myers Makes that pretty clear, am I right? He slams religion, he is very opinionated, he says, that it's my impression, and so goes his credibility saying that, continues saying, that the leading representatives of the major faiths in the world accept modern science. They realize that it is unreasonable to believe that the Bible should function as a textbook that trumps everything we have developed in knowledge and technology over the last 2,000 years. It is not necessary to take the stories and parables of religious works literally. After reading this I can clearly understand why he states that, he is an atheist, really, no flippin' kidding, no preconceived notions here. Give me a break, and therefore also trying to back up his atheistic faith with those in the United States. Stating further, religious combination are not as common in Norway but then we are also a more secular society. For one, I didn't know he was a representative of the Norway population. He obviously has some deep-seated issues with the Bible. Like the parable of the rich man for example, his conscience may be bothering him. Maybe he is in need of a confessional. The only combinations of that kind of science and religion would those in favor of theistic evolution talk about an Oxymoronic statement.
1: I like Norway as well. Interesting, don't you think so? These statements correspond precisely to the high school biology textbook we mentioned earlier, it's all over the place. False, and with indisputable evidence against it. Sky, we can go through this article, piece by piece, and clearly refute each and every statement. I believe those that have questions or are inquisitive about this can go and read it for themselves and see it for what it is, if they would just remove the
0: blinders and read it as it is. Cheers! Well, you're quite right, Jenny. They can go. Into this article and read it for themselves very easily, and they can also scroll down and read the comments below. And there are many that don't agree with him, and they have some very interesting ideas. He ends up by saying evolution is fantastic and an exciting process. I'm not really sure where he sees that. Are they still evolving in Norway? But there's no question that the idea of a designer is troubling for him when they go from a science critique to criticizing a designer in which that they know nothing about and ID doesn't even state that that is their claim to fame, a designer. Actually, he's planning the idea in your mind of a designer as he closes in saying that any poor designer with millions of years of availability for trying out new solutions could have done a better job. My question to him would be, how would he know a designer would be continually trying new solutions? Wouldn't he know, right from the start, what he wanted? Because if he was continually trying new solutions, we would really have no end to what is really going to happen. Well, one day, a designer find something new, like in a laboratory, and say, oh, I created this, and I need to start over. You see, he's thinking on a level that he's reached, the pinnacle of education and knowledge, and therefore, there isn't any more. So everyone thinks like me, and this is how I would do it, in a laboratory. I don't believe a designer would work out of a laboratory on the scale that we are talking about. Therefore, his creation, and if so, if one was made out of clay by a designer, how could the creation question the potter? By the way, I thought this was about evolution. How did he bring up the designer? And I'm sure a designer would be much more intelligent than him or anyone. These discoveries are only showing the designer's work, because you're not going to find the designer in a laboratory. You'll just find the results of his work. Before we get too high-minded, we have to realize, at this stage, we are only to be in the position of discovery and observation and understanding. Well, as time runs out, glad that you both could join me. I certainly hope the next few weeks will turn out to be much better, and we can start reopening hopefully return to some kind of normalcy. But this certainly isn't the new normal, as some may say. There are some exciting times ahead, I'm sure. However, unrest, chaos only brings ignorance and suppression, and nothing ever, ever gets built out of the rubble. If only that which is better is the one. Can you tell me what, if anything, is better out there? I believe we're the best game in the town. Thanks. See you later.